morning, Bridge Church. Will you stand and worship with us this morning? Sorry. 
hearts, that Jesus would be magnified through our lives. You know, that means to make him bigger. It's like putting a magnifying glass on something, it becomes bigger. And we can all get really good at putting a magnifying glass on the circumstances of our lives. 
on our fears, on our pressures, on the challenges, on the things going on in the world around us. But God wants us today to take that magnifying glass off of those things and put that magnifying glass on him and allow him to become bigger than everything. He is faithful to his word, to his promises. Nothing is too big and nothing is too difficult for him. And so this morning, I want us to do just that, to get our eyes off of the things we're facing in life and to fix our eyes on him and magnify him in our hearts this morning. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on, would you do that with me this morning? Can we pray together? Father, we lift our eyes right now off of the circumstances of our lives, off of the things that we are dealing with and facing. And God, we fix our focus on you because you are faithful. You are true to your word. We thank you for your promises that are true for each and every one of us, that you are with us, that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us, that you are a very present help in time of need. I thank you that you are the anchor for our souls, that we can fix our hope confidently in you and have great expectation that you are at work in our lives. So Father, we will not be led off by a based on circumstances, we will keep our eyes, our focus fixed on you and your faithfulness, not just today, not just in this moment, but each day as we go forward, we fix our hope confidently in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am telling you, he is faithful. He is faithful and he can be trusted completely with everything. I am so thankful for that. Oh, it's so good to be in church with you this morning. We are so glad all of you are here today. Those of you in the building, if you're joining us online, we are so glad you are joining us as well. And hey, just a little reminder for anyone who may be here with a little ones nursery or elementary school age just wants you to know that your little ones are welcome to stay in service with us if you would like to keep them with you or we also have our family room available in our chapel and that's available first and second service straight out this side exit of the auditorium and then of course our Bridge Kids program is available during second service. All right. Hey, why don't you just take a moment, say good morning to those around you before you find your seats. Good morning, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us in church today. We're excited to get to spend the day with you and your family. We're believing that this year is going to be full of bigger and better things that God has for our lives and for our church. So make your plans to be with us in the weeks ahead. Here's a look at what's coming up at the bridge. If you are new to The Bridge, we would love to meet you and tell you more about the church. There are many opportunities to get involved and we want to help you find your place. 
That's why we created something called Connecting Point. Connecting Point is where you go to hear about the heart, mission, and vision of the church and how you can make the bridge your home. The next Connecting Point is happening two weeks from today on Sunday, February 7th during the 1130 service. If you'd like to come, we just ask you to register so that we can plan for you. You can go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. And if you have kids, Bridge Kids will be happening during that service to serve your kids as well. We want to meet you and help you get plugged in. So make your plans to join us two weeks from today at Connecting Point. Hey, what's going on, Bridge Youth? We just want to let you guys know that we are back in the Youth Center and we're continuing in our series entitled Stay the Course. Hey, bring a water bottle, bring a friend, bring anything that you guys need so we can have an amazing experience. We can't wait to see you guys this Wednesday at 6 p.m. for Hanks and 7 p.m. for service. We can't wait. Our community care team has served faithfully and diligently throughout this unprecedented season while taking very few weekends off. With every new week, the need for food has only grown, and we want to do our best as a church to provide food for as many people as we possibly can. So in order to do that, we're looking to expand our team of volunteers who serve here on Sunday mornings. If you would like to be a part of this great team, making a tangible difference in people's lives, we would love to meet you. Please email nsmith at thebridgechurch.tv for more information. Thanks so much for your willingness to serve and make a difference right here in the Temecula Valley. Hey, Bridgemen. I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you so much for making our first Bridgemen Saturday morning of the new year a huge success last weekend. We had a great turnout with many guys making new connections right here in the church, not to mention the awesome interaction and encouragement that we received from the message. We already had many guys asking about our February gathering, so save the date now because our next Bridgemen Saturday morning is happening on February 20th at 8.30 a.m. right here at the church. Guys, don't miss these mornings to grow and build stronger relationships here at the bridge. We look forward to seeing you there. church we want to help you find your place and get connected just go to our website or the bridge app and click on the connect tab there you'll find a connect card with details to help you get connected if you don't yet have the bridge app just text the keywords the bridge church app to 77977 this is the best way to stay updated with everything happening in church life thanks again for being in church with us today we love spending sunday with you and your family How you doing today? 
Hey, it's great to see you, those of you in the building, those of you watching online. Thanks for joining us today. It's great to be in God's house, to be here with God's people today. We're going to continue the series we started. This is our third week talking about the big picture. Turn to somebody and say, you need to see the big picture. Come on, some of you haven't participated yet. Even if it's a stranger, even if they're strange, look at them and say, you need to see the big picture. There you go. In this series, we're teaching principles from Scripture that give us the big picture of what God has really planned for our lives as we walk in His kingdom living. Uh, each of us is navigating life based on what we believe is truly important, but if we do not see God's big picture, life can become really confusing at times. In the first week of this series, I talked about life, death, and eternity. That's the most important big picture you need to have, life, death, eternity. If you've got that in focus, everything else will begin to fall into place. Last week, I focused specifically on life. And, you know, you can preach for weeks and weeks about life, but I, I just focus on a few principles that I think are really important about walking in life with God, our expectations for eternity. So it, it was really important that uh, I shared that last week. And if you haven't heard the message, go online, listen to it. I promise you it'll bring some clarity to some things in your own life. One of the things we've been talking about in this series is that God has set before us a pathway. I decided today to bring in, out a simple illustration of this to make it a little more clear. When we turn to God, and we, we got into this in the first series or the first message of this series, when we turn to God, the message was repent, turn, get off of the wrong pathway, and get on God's pathway. Because when you begin to walk God's pathway, what you find is God's blessings are there. When you walk God's pathway, it's a path to eternal life. And I don't want to spend much time with that, but I want to illustrate that today. There is a path that walks with God. Jesus said that there are a lot of other paths you can walk. They're wide. It gives you a lot of, 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 of freedom to do all kinds of things, but they lead to destruction. Jesus said this path may be narrow, the entrance may be narrow, and at times you may think it's hard, but it's clear that this is the pathway that brings God's life to us and leads us to eternal life. And I'm going to continue to use this throughout this series to make sure we understand the big picture of walking with God. You see, if I do not see the scriptural big picture I won't be able to know how to deal with the challenges of life. God talked about challenges, and we're going to get into it in a few minutes here. If I don't properly identify and properly address each challenge of life, I can become easily ruled by confusion, by my emotions, and by fear. So I want to begin today, and we're going to look at one verse to begin with, John chapter 16. And by the way, we're going to read several verses today. Only three or four passages, but several verses. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. We'll have the verses on the screen. But here's where we're going to start. I want to give you a real quick synopsis of what life is about in regards to the challenges that we face in life. John chapter 16, verse 33. Here's what Jesus said. In the world, you will have tribulation 
In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, in this introduction today, talking about the challenges of life, some people will call it the problems of life. Some people will call it the trials of life. Some will call it the valleys of life. Call it what you will. Here's what Jesus said in this passage of Scripture. Three things I want you to notice. He said, number one, you are going to face challenges in this life. See, I think there are some people who, when they came to Christ, they thought, oh, okay, uh, I start this new pathway and I won't have any more problems in life. No, the, the problems just become different. The challenges become different. You face different kinds of challenges. I've heard people say, and you know, I've been in church my whole life. I've heard people say, oh, that pathway of walking with God is such a narrow path. It's such a difficult path. It is so tough to walk the Christian way. Are you kidding me? Scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. The other pathways don't have God's blessing. They don't lead to eternal life. Don't tell me walking with God is difficult. It's the best life that there is. But we need to wrap our hearts around that. We need to wrap our hearts around that. Jesus said, even on this pathway, you will face challenges. How many of you love challenges? One, two, three. That's just about right. Yeah, about, about 1% maybe of the, the population. We don't like challenges because challenges bring things our way. In the original writings, when Jesus said, you will face tribulation, it means pressure. It means anguish. It means to be burdened to carry something on our shoulders that we don't necessarily want to carry. It means trouble. Sometimes it even means persecution. Jesus said, in this world, you are going to face challenges. But the next thing he said was, be of good cheer. Literally, what he said was, take courage. Have courage. Have courage. See, one of the things that I think some of us fail to understand is life is not for sissies. Did I say that okay? In this world of political correctness, I may have as someone told me a few weeks ago, I, I may have just crossed the line and, and did a microaggression there. I didn't mean to, okay? But life's not for sissies. If you're going to deal with life and overcome in life, you're going to have to have courage. Jesus said, when challenges come, have courage. Don't run from it. Face it for what it is. And then the third thing Jesus says, he said, you're going to face tribulation be of good courage because, number three, I have overcome the world. What he said is, and listen closely to this, he said, I've already walked this pathway. I've gone before you. I've defeated and handled everything that will ever come your way in this life. I've made the way into eternal life. So you take courage and walk that pathway. And the victory that I have founded, the victory that I have established, I will establish it in your life. So we don't need to be afraid of trials. Now, I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read several verses. If you want to turn there, great. If not, we'll have them on the screen. But I want to talk about three major things today. Number one, there are different kinds of challenges in life. 
Not all challenges are the same. Not all trials are the same. To use the language of Jesus in the original writings, not every burden is the same. Not every weight you carry is the same. Not every persecution is the same. Every challenge is different, and there are different kinds of challenges in life. The first Peter chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 3. In a few minutes, we're going to James chapter 1. So let's start here, First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He writes these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, given us life again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now pause here just a moment. God in his mercy has given us the right, the privilege of becoming his children and starting this journey on this pathway of life and it leads into eternal life. That's what he said thus far. Okay, verse number five. And we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, I love it that scripture doesn't paint 17 different philosophies of life. It gives us a pretty clear picture. I teach this all the time. At least three times in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, it says the just shall live by their faith. The New Testament tells us we're saved by grace through faith. And that's the way our whole relationship with God works. He extends grace. We reach up and receive it by faith. This verse, verse number five, we're kept by the power of God through faith. So God extends this to us and says, here, I have this pathway for you to walk. I will bless you on this pathway. I will be with you on this pathway, but there are going to be challenges there. But you will be kept in the middle of every situation by the power of God because of your faith in him. Because you believe him. Because you trust him. And you're walking this pathway. Now, verse number six. Notice the tone change here. In this, in what? In this life, in this walk, in the kingdom of God, heading into eternal life, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Has anybody ever been grieved by a trial? We all have. Have you ever been through something you did not want to go through? Of course. Have you ever, let me say it this way, are you facing something the next few days you didn't want to go through? You see, that's part of life. That's part of life. But we need to understand it's part of life, and God has prepared life for us that leads to victory and not defeat. I'll show you why this is important in just a moment. He said, in this life, we should be able to rejoice because these trials are for a little while. In the original writings, it literally says puny. Now, I know that won't make you feel any better, but can I tell you today, what you're facing right now is puny in the big picture of life and eternity. You say, oh, no. Oh, yes, just for a little while. But in this process, there's heaviness, there's distress, sometimes there's grief because we're going through challenges that are not comfortable. Then verse 7 says that the genuineness, it literally means the testing of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, God says, in the middle of the challenge you're facing, I will do something big in your life. I will do something now in your life that will prepare you for greater things ahead. Your faith may be tested right now, but it's going to be stronger when you come through this. In verse 8, he says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And then finally, verse 9, receiving the end of your faith. What is the end of my faith? See, faith is the substance of things I hope for. It's the evidence of things not seen. The end of my faith is the eternal life that God has promised to me. So he's saying there's going to be challenges on this road. There are going to be times when you go through things that are not comfortable. But yet in the middle of that, God strengthens us. He grows us. And we and listen to me, we walk this road of faith. We walk this walk of faith. We live this life of faith until we exit this life and then our faith becomes sight. What we believe for and live for becomes reality. The salvation of your souls. So... On this road, there are going to be challenges. So, Number two, God's word also teaches us how to navigate life's challenges. Aren't you glad that God's word is a map for us to lead us through life? God's word teaches us how to navigate the different challenges of life. Now, we're going to look at James chapter 1. I'm going to read a few more verses, and then I'm going to jump into the teaching and drive some things home. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, I love this, love this because James calls us brothers and sisters. Aren't you glad you're in God's family? Aren't you glad you're not servants, got to know him from a distance? You're not just in the crowd, you're in the family and you can know the Father personally. He said, brethren, brothers, sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I don't see any smiles on anybody's face today. I heard something years ago. This isn't even in my notes. This is free. I, I heard something years ago that they say when it's rainy and cold like it is today, in Southern California cold, when it's rainy like it is today, it affects people's emotions. I look around this room today and I read that verse. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and most of you are like, I will not. I will not. I will not. I will not. You see, he's telling us there is an attitude that needs to rule your life even when you encounter challenges. And that is an attitude of joy. See, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It comes because God's Spirit lives in us. Because we know who we are. We know what's next. We know where we're heading. Therefore, we go through life with joy even in difficult moments. So he said when a, when a challenge comes along, instead of being afraid of it and fearing it, face it with joy goes on to say in verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, we love patience, don't we? I know that this is old and it's a simple illustration, but how many times do we pray, oh God, give me patience and give it to me right now. Got to have it now. Got to have it now. Patience is cheerful endurance. It's facing a trial cheerfully knowing this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Verse 4. 
Now, this is where it really gets interesting. Notice what he says. But let patience have its complete work, perfect work. Let it finish what it's trying to do. Let patience be developed in you. Let it be fully developed. Don't jump off the pathway. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Stay on the pathway and be patient and learn what patience can do. Let it have its complete work that you may be complete, perfect, and lacking nothing. One of the things that God wants to happen in our lives is as we walk this road, we keep growing and we keep developing, learning the nature of Jesus. Okay, but some of us get on the road and it's like, no, I don't want to learn patience. I don't want to learn these things. I don't want to learn. I don't, all I want to do is just have fun right now, so I'm going to get off the road and go have fun. And if I get in trouble, I'll be back over here to ask God for help. This is the road right here. This is the road. Funny thing is, if you jump off of this pathway, all you do is create a whole different set of trials and problems. Many years ago, I want to get off, off of my message, but many years ago I, I was preaching in, in a church when I was in my traveling days, and, and this guy came up to me, and I'd been talking that night about life's challenges, and afterwards this young man came up to me and said, hey, I really appreciate what you shared, but I want to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, I just got out of prison. I did some stupid stuff, and I spent a few years in prison as a young man. But in that time, I gave my heart to Jesus, and I've turned my life around. But he said, I'm going to tell you something. I had all kinds of problems when I was in sin. When I came to Jesus, I ran into a whole different set of situations, a whole different set of challenges. But this life is better. See, the other road, the way of the transgressor, is hard. But then here's what he says in verse 5. Notice James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, in other words, if any of you don't really know what's going on in your life and how to go forward from here, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. How do you ask in faith when you don't know what to do? How do you ask in faith when you don't know what's next? Here's how you do that. You ask God for direction, for wisdom, and when he gives it to you, you purpose in your heart, I will walk this pathway. See, a lot of people say, oh, God, give me wisdom. God says, okay, here it is. Eh, I don't really like that answer. Let's try something else. No, if you ask in faith, you ask God for wisdom, and when he pours it into your life, you follow. Now, here's what it says next. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, a two-spirited man is what it says. He's a two-spirited man and he's unstable and inconsistent in all of his ways. What that says is it's talking about a person who's on this path but he's not sure he wants to stay on it. Every little thing comes along, he's willing to get off this path. God's looking for us to walk the path of blessing and eternal life. The way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the pathway to eternal life is blessed life. It's a good life. So we want to walk this pathway. Now, let me dive into what I want to give you today because this is big picture, big picture about challenges of life. The church background I came from that I grew up in, spent my young years and even my early years of ministry in, taught us 
from the time we were children, taught us to dread and fear the challenges of life. Even the leaders, oh my God, I'm going through a trial. This is so hard. Just pray that I'll be able to hold on till the end. I just don't know what's going to happen. It was just a poor me attitude. I mean, it was like, oh man, you, this is worse than the cross Jesus carried. This is horrible. That was the attitude. Every time somebody fell into a challenge, instead of facing it with joy, they took on this attitude of fear and hatefulness and I despise this Christian life. That's not the attitude God has for us. It's not right. It's not scriptural. You see, the problem with challenges is that they bring pressure into our lives. There's, there's some grieving sometimes. There's some stress and distress. And then challenges bring questions. Well, what's going to happen next? How is this going to end? The unknown jumps in front of you, and all of a sudden the unknown becomes so big that you have to ask yourself the question, is my faith bigger than the unknown? So all of a sudden life gets turned upside down, and the next thing that happens is it begins to work on our emotions. Boy, once it starts working on our emotions, look out. You never know what's going to happen next. Sometimes we panic needlessly. You see, if, if I don't learn to drive my emotions and control them, my emotions are going to drive me and control me. So I've got to learn to believe God and not my emotions because my emotions will lie to me. So the big picture of challenges, if I, was to, if I were to word this in a way to make this super simple, what would I say? Well, you've heard it before. Here's what a trial is. Here's what a challenge is. Here's what a valley is. You enter one in and you go out the other. It's temporary. You enter one in, you go out the other. You got to go through it. Okay, fine. But let me talk to you a little more directly today and a little more truthfully in the big picture. God's plan, when I face challenges, I enter one end, I overcome the challenge, then I come out the other end. I enter one end, I face the challenge, I overcome the challenge, then I come out the other end. So, therefore, if that's true, I can face every challenge with godly joy, knowing I can win this battle, I will get through this victoriously, and when I finish it, I'll go to the other side, and I'll be carrying the giant's head in my hand because I just slayed that giant. See, everybody wants to carry the giant's head in their hand, but very few people want to go to war. Go on, smile at me this morning. That may be another microaggression, talking about carrying the giant's head in my hand. I don't know. Trials are temporary. They're puny in the big picture of life. They're small. They have a beginning and they have an end. But in the middle of that trial is time, it's pressure, and it's learning to trust God that his word is true and he will do what he said he will do. Let me give you one more take on this. Trials are kind of like going to school. It's an educational process. I take the course. What do you do at the end of the course? You take, how many have you ever been to school in the building today? Boy, it's quiet here. I take the course, then I take the test. All right? What happens then? 
If I pass the test, I move on to the next course. What happens if I fail the test? I get to go back and take the course over. See, some of us look at trials and say, oh God, you just got to get me out of this, get me out of this, get me out of this. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to show you how to handle this. Jesus already has the victory. I'm going to put it in your life. You're going to walk through this thing. You're going to defeat it. You're going to go in one end. You're going to go out the other end victorious. And your faith and trust in me will be stronger than it's ever been before. But you got to take the course and you got to pass the test. And there's a godly result that comes out of this process. Every challenge, every trial. We learn to live as overcomers. They build our faith and our patience and our trust in God. Now, let, let me illustrate this to you. How many of you have been walking with God a long time? Miss your hands. Several of you. Your faith's probably pretty strong. And a challenge coming your way, you're probably going to deal with it. Why? Because you've been on this road a while and you've, you've killed so many giants already, you're not afraid of the next one. It may be different than the previous giants. It may be stretching me a different direction. It may be challenging in a different way. But you know God has seen me through all of these situations. He'll help me win this next one too. You see, a lot of us get on the road and trial comes. Oh, get off the road. Every time a trial comes, we want to, we want to jump ship. We want to get off the pathway. God's wanting to grow us, grow us spiritually in our faith and our trust in him. And going through challenges of life is what grows and strengthens our faith. The, the illustration in scripture we read earlier, our faith is tried like pure gold. It gets put in the fire. It gets melted down. The impurities come out of it. And when that's all settled down, the trial is over. Our faith is purer and stronger and better than it's ever been before. That's what God's trying to do in us. Now, one of the problems we have is many of us don't have clarity when we encounter challenges in life. We say, well, a trial is a trial is a trial. That's not so. I'll get into it more next week. There are different kinds of trials that we face in life. And each trial, each kind of trial, demands a different response to it, demands different wisdom for that situation. I'll teach on that next week. But in the big picture of things, we need clarity to understand what am I dealing with? What am I going through? What's really happening here? And once you know what it is, then you can go to God's word, then you can pray, God will give you wisdom, and you know how to deal with it. Because there are different kinds of trials and challenges. You need to understand what am I dealing with and how do I handle this situation? Because you see, if I don't understand what I'm dealing with, what I'm facing, I will mishandle it because I won't know how to deal with it and I won't overcome it and I'll have to come back and go through it all over again. Well, what, what do I do if I, what, what, if I, what am I going to do if I get into this trial and I'm not really sure about everything? What am I going to do? Well, let me give you a word of encouragement today. First of all, if you need support, if you need help, go to the Word. Go to the Word, not the world. Go to the Word, not the word, world. 
Don't find out what the world thinks about your situation. They'll tell you to get off the path and give up. Go to the Word. Whoa, it'll tell you how to walk out this pathway. Here's what James said a little bit further in James 1, which we were reading. He said this, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, you can hear the answer on Sunday morning. I may give you an answer to a problem in your life today. It doesn't do you any good if you don't apply it to your life. He said, be a hearer of the word, get the information, and then walk it out by faith and let the word work. If we don't do that, we're deceiving ourselves. So our answers are found in the word of God. And if we can't find an answer in scripture, I promise you, if you will pray in faith, God will drop wisdom into your heart because he said he would. He said he would. Matthew 28, verse number 20. Jesus said, I'm with you always. Oh my God, I'm, on, I'm facing this trial. I got this giant in front of me. What am I going to do? Stop and realize Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Hebrews tells us that Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Are you, are you getting this today? No matter what that situation looks like and all of the questions, even the confusion you might have in the moment, Jesus is not going to forsake you and leave you alone. He's going to walk you through that situation. So trust him. Trust him. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. We'll have this verse on the screen because I want to read it and I want you to read it with me. And I want you to get the weight of this in your heart. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Now stop here a moment. Have you ever felt like, th this is the background, church background I came from. Oh, nobody in this world has ever suffered the way I have to suffer. Nobody has ever had to gone through the go through the trials and temptations that I face. Oh, this is so difficult. What he says here, he says everybody goes through stuff. Do me a favor, look, don't look at your spouse. Look at somebody you, you're not sitting directly to and just look at them and nod and smile and say, yep, we all go through stuff. And your trials, your challenges in life are not bigger than other people's. It may be at the moment, but it's just the pathway you're on. Now, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common demand, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted or tested beyond what you are able to handle. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape out of it that you may be able to bear it. What he's saying here is don't give up. God's not going to let you be overwhelmed when it, you think you can't go any further Boom, God's going to overcome that thing. He's going to knock it to the side. You're going to walk out the other side of it. You're going to be victorious and you're going to know God is God and he tells the truth. That's what it comes down to. But you got to keep walking. You're not the only one who's ever gone through a problem in life. Your neighbor may have bigger problems than you have today. Cheer up. Years ago, I had a, have a friend who wrote a song. And I'll give you just the essence of the song. In the course of the song, it says, you don't have to be afraid anymore because Jesus is here. The last part of the course says, he's walked troubled waters before. 
Jesus is here. Let me tell you something. There is no pathway you will ever walk that Jesus hasn't already walked down and learned how to win victory, and he will be there with you to show you how to walk out that pathway. He's been there. He's even walked on the sea when the wind was blowing and the waves were raging. He knows how to handle challenges. So trust him and keep walking with him. Don't give up. Don't give up. In the last part of this, and I'm almost finished, I want to give you two big picture illustrations of the challenges of life. Next week, I'm going to get a little more specific, a little more small picture. But today, I want to give you big picture. Real quickly, two things, and we'll close with this. Number one, one of the reasons people don't have clarity in life, and I'm talking about people in general, but especially Christian believers, One of the reasons why people don't have clarity in life is because they never understand and they're not willing to distinguish that there are trials of consequence. There are trials that come about in life because of decisions that we make. All right? Now, I'm going to give you the... I'm going to give you the simplest one, the dumbest one of all. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, we bought this house and we had faith and we knew we couldn't afford the payment, but we finagled the numbers and we we got a loan to get through this season and now the the rate has adjusted and it's gone up and God, I don't know how we're going to afford this, God. I just don't understand, Lord, what happened. I don't understand where you failed me. I don't understand where you messed this up. God didn't write his name on that loan. You did. God, I love that car. Oh, I love that car. But boy, six months in, that payment was just too much. Doesn't fit my budget. See, Jesus said nobody sits down and starts building a barn unless, first of all, he sees if he's got the money to finish the job. Do you know how many times, well, I'm I'm, going to get off a little bit old school here for a moment. Do you know how many times we give the devil credit for stuff he had nothing to do, nothing to do with? Oh, God, the devil's after me. I can't pay my bills. I don't have enough income. God said, did you budget? God, that's besides the point. The devil's just after me. And here the devil's getting all this credit for the attack. It's not, a, it's not his attack. It's the consequences of decisions that I made. Boy, this is good. This is really good. See, I talked about this last week. It's amazing how many people don't want to take responsibility for their own lives and their own decisions. There's a whole message here, but I don't have time to preach it this morning. There are consequences to my decisions and choices and my mistakes. I need to take responsibility for that and ask God to get me out of it and then teach me not to do it again. Okay? Uh, How about this? There are consequences to life's uncontrollable circumstances. I mean, unexpectedly, your car breaks down. And it's like, oh, God, why'd you do that? Can I tell you something? Cars break down in time. I know some of you got great faith. You think you're going to drive 850,000 miles and you're not even going to need tires or battery or anything. But most of, us, most of us live in a real world and we know cars break down. Well, I, it's obvious. We must have a lot of people here driving old cars believing God for big things because nobody seems to be on board with that one. <laughs> or, you know what? The economy shifted We've been in this weird season. My company had to lay people off. I just lost my job. God, why didn't you steal my job from me? 
Why did you take this away? It's a result of the economy and what's going on around us. There are consequences to things that happen. Let me throw something else in the mix here. Now, some of you, some of you don't believe this, but I'll show you what Jesus said about it. Did you know sometimes in life that there are laws of nature, that when laws of nature get violated, accidents happen? Did you know that? One day Jesus was talking to some people, Luke chapter 13, and I'm finished, but this is just bonus points right here, okay? Luke 13, Jesus said, you remember when, told, told the people, you remember when Pilate took those people, those Judeans, and he killed them, and he mixed their blood in with the sacrifices and poured it out on the altar? You remember that? He said, do you think God did that to teach you a lesson, teach them a lesson because they were worse sinners? Then Jesus went on and said, you remember when that tower in Siloam that somebody had built, you remember in time how that thing fell? killed 18 people do you think that was god's doing trying to judge people who were bad sinners let me tell you something in time things decay they corrode they break sometimes accidents happen god doesn't make car wrecks there's negligence somewhere normally or a part, I mean, brakes could go out, but normally it's negligence. Oh, God, why'd you do that? God had nothing to do with it. There are natural laws and accidents in life happen. The question is, how are we going to respond to it? Every challenge of life, and I'm almost finished. Every challenge of life is an opportunity to become confused, angry, depressed, mad at the world, even mad at God. But every challenge of life is also an opportunity to trust God. Because Paul said, we know, we know, we know. All things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. We know God's going to work this out. Trust him. In the very last part of this message, some trials come because we have faith and we believe God. Do you know that? Jesus taught it. Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower. He says there is seed that was sown and as this seed was sown on stony ground, people heard the word, they received it, they began to run with it, but they didn't have their roots down in the ground. And he said Tribula tribulation and persecution came because of the word. The enemy came because you believed God and said, do you really believe God? Here, let me throw this at you. Do you still believe God? I'll teach on this more next week. There are some challenges in life that come because we believe God. And the enemy is going to come and say, do you really believe that? Are you really going to trust God in this situation? Some challenges come because we have faith. But there's a story in the Old Testament that I'm going to close with today. Just the essence of it. I think it's 1 Kings 20. There's a story of, of Israel about to go to war with the Syrians. And the Syrians had them outnumbered greatly, and it looked impossible. And so they all met, these armies got together on this mountaintop, and they went to war, and Israel wiped them out, and they took off running away. And when the Syrians got back to camp with all these people dead, destroyed, and wounded, they said, what in the, what in the world happened? How did Israel defeat us? There are so few, and we are so many. How did they do that? And one of the wise men, wise guys I call them, one of the wise guys said, oh, I know what happened. Their gods are God of the mountaintops. 
But they're not gods down in the valleys and the plains. Let's get them off the mountain, down the plains, and our gods will defeat them because their gods can't be the gods of the mountains and the gods of the valleys too. So they set up their next battle. They got it all set up. Israel went to battle again with the Syrians down in the valley, and the same thing happened. They wiped out the enemy. Let me tell you something today. You don't need to be afraid of the valley because the God of the mountain is also the God of the valley. You don't need to be afraid of the challenges of life. We're going to go in one end. We're going to handle it correctly. We're going to overcome the challenge. And then we're going to go out the other end victorious and stronger than we've ever been before. Don't be afraid. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. Because I know some of you are going through challenges. And I'm not making light of it. I I know challenges are are, are pressure packed. I know that. But God's not going to fail you. Just because you're going through a trial doesn't mean God's not there. Going through a trial means God will be there and he will give you victory if you trust him. So I want to pray for you today. So just bow your heads and just just open your heart and receive this. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for people today who might be dealing with real challenges in life, who might even be struggling in some areas. God, I pray that your word today would come alive and be strong in their hearts, that you would help them to rise up and have courage say i'm going to trust god help them to go to the word and find the answers they need in this moment open up open up the eyes of their understanding and show them from scripture lead them right to the scripture that addresses what they need what they need to hear what they need to know and how they need to proceed and father i pray today you would give us clarity give us patience give us joy give us hope Help us to know if God's for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. We are victorious in Christ's name. While heads are still bowed for one more moment, maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online or you're listening to this recorded at a later time. Maybe you're facing some big challenges in life because of poor decisions you've made. Or maybe you've just come to the realization today that God is not in your life and You need his help. You want to walk that new pathway. You want to have God's blessing in everything that you do. Maybe today you're realizing that something inside is saying, this is is good, this is real, this is the truth. That's the spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart. And God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be your savior. Jesus wants to be your Lord. But he can't do that unless you say, God, I want you and I need you in my life. That all happens, it begins with prayer. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer today that'll open your heart, give God a chance to begin to work. So I'm going to ask everybody here, if you're watching online at home, I want to ask you to join us right now in this moment. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins to become my Savior. I receive him today. I choose to make him the Lord of my life. I lay everything at your feet. Be my God. Be my father. And I will be your child. I will learn your ways. I will walk with you throughout eternity. Thank you for loving me and calling me and receiving me. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning. It's the most important prayer you can ever pray. But you know what? We want to help you continue this journey on the road of life. So we've got a little tool called the next seven days. It'll just help you know how to begin this relationship with God. It'll help you understand more about this relationship. We want to give this to you. Pastor Zach's coming right now to tell you how to do that. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? God bless you. Amen. Hey, if you're watching online or you are here in the room, we want to give you all of your tools and options that you need so that you can get the next seven days if you made a decision to follow Christ. And, you know, we are one big family here at the bridge. And so I just want to ask everybody that's a part of this church family, would you hang tight just for a couple more moments? Because this moment's very important for people that might have made that decision today. If you're here in the room and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to meet you. If you need prayer and encouragement, we're here to pray with you, to stand with you. But most of all, we just want to quickly meet with you and just give you the next seven days if you made that decision or you recommitted your life to Christ. Right after this service, we're going to have prayer teams on the side walls here on the floor of the auditorium. You can walk up to one of those prayer teams. Just let them know that you made that decision today and you want to get the book the next seven days. They'll give it to you. Listen, we don't need anything from you, but we are more than happy to help in any way that we can to help you start that journey of faith. So walk up to one of those teams and let them know you made that decision and they'll help you out. If you need to go quickly after the service, be sure to stop by the next seven days desk. It's between the glass doors before you exit the building. One of our teams will be there to help you out as well. We just want to help you start your walk with God. It's our part. It's our responsibility to help you start on this journey of faith. And finally, if you're watching online and you made that decision, you can just click the link right there in the platform that you're watching from. We'll get in touch with you and get you the next seven days. And if there's any struggle that you have there, just direct message us on any of our social media platforms with the words next seven. We'll get in touch with you and we'll be more than happy to give you the next seven days. We're so glad that you made that decision today if you're in the room or you're watching online. So thank you so much. Hey, can we just thank Pastor Gary for that message this morning that he brought? You know, this morning, the last thing that we're going to do before we go is we're going to give, we're going to bring our tithes and our offerings into God's house, and we're going to honor him for his goodness to us. How many people would just lift a hand real quick and say, Zach, God has been so incredibly good and faithful to me in every single season. You know, this morning, I was reminded of something as Pastor Gary was speaking, because when we walk through difficult seasons and we walk through great seasons, in all seasons, God is faithful. It doesn't matter what we go through. It matters what, what matters is how we respond to what's going on in our life, the challenges that we might face. And I say that because I remember a few years ago I learned this principle, and it's always stuck with me. If I want to live out and have a lifestyle of reaping, then I have to choose to, to have a lifestyle of sowing. And, you know, over the last few months, we have told you as our church family just about God's faithfulness to our church and how good he's been. And we thank people, we thank you as a congregation every single week for your generosity, for your faithfulness in giving. And the reason why we do that is because we are grateful for your generosity and your faithfulness. But I'll tell you what, I really felt like God was speaking this to me this morning when we were in that message. I believe over the course of the last year, one of the things that we've seen is we've seen people in great days, in their good days, in their good seasons, continue to honor God and recognize, God, I have what I have because you are good. And then as we've gone through the last year, even when things got difficult, God continued to pour out and people were still reaping because they had sown in the good seasons. Now, I want to just tell you today, when you choose to honor God in all seasons, you'll develop a lifestyle of sowing. And as a result, you'll get a lifestyle of reaping as well. And we have seen God pour out blessing in our church. And we know it's because of his goodness, but we also recognize it's because of your decision and your choice to be faithful and generous. So thank you. 
Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for making that decision in your own life, in your own family, in your marriages to put God first when it comes to your finances. We are incredibly, incredibly grateful that we see the work of the ministry go forth every single week because of God's faithfulness and your faithfulness as well. If you'd like to give this morning, there's a few different ways that you can give digitally that are on the screen right now. You can choose whatever is most convenient for you. If you like to give in person, give a physical gift here in person, there's a couple couple of different places that you can drop off your gift here this morning. Right before you uh, walk out this first set of exit doors, there's a giving station on either side of these first exit doors, or you can go out by the kids' check-in area. There's also a giving station there. You can choose whatever's most convenient for you, but we want to make you aware of where those giving stations are. Hey, thank you again so much for your generosity and your faithfulness. We are grateful to be a part of a great church that God is blessing, and thank you for responding in that way. Hey, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Have you enjoyed being in church today? Thank you so much for being here today. We love you. Have an awesome Sunday and a fantastic week. We will see you next weekend in God's house.